understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast, and I'm your host, your girl, Jessica Hurley, and I am back with another incredible guest. And I'm really letting you guys into some of my favorite people. Blessed you are, trust and believe, because these women that I am bringing you are kicking butt in their field. They are people that I'm on a soul journey with, that I get to experience life with, that I get to hold in a friendship container and learn lessons in love with. And they're people that are like bosses in real life. And I want to bring their stories to you so that you can just see that this is not as unordinary or impossible as you might think it might be because so many of us come from very similar or the same journeys as you and we have felt the same feelings that you feel of stuck uncertain confused is this for me or how does this work that that inevitable paralyzing word of how and i'm just giving you women that i know that have found ways to maneuver it differently to get on the other side and so i'm really excited to introduce you to a a very a very personal person for me, um, a woman that is like, (laughs) what she does is marketing strategy. And she's helped me in my, both of my businesses, gave me some of the best feedback that I've ever gotten. But she is a marketing manager for a major tech company. She is a spiritual friend with me. We do a lot of this work together. We're literally book club buddies, I swear. And this has been my go-to person on a soul level when I really need a friend. And so I'm really excited to bring her to the Stranded Face podcast. Without further ado, I want to introduce to you guys, my dear friend, Janice Burgos. Oh, you're going to make me tear. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You are so welcome. So all the things, all the things, there's so many places I could start. But before we jump headfirst, into marketing because you really are in an incredible role mm-hmm. at a major tech company um, with lots of responsibility and really doing what you are phenomenal at because I have seen it time and time mm-hmm. again what you are what the information you know is unmatched like what we think marketing is and what she knows marketing is we're going to deep dive into that so expect some real marketing gems here but first one of my favorite things to watch on your journey has been the substantial growth over the last three years and the shift for you. Yes. And so can you speak to, I would say three years ago, meeting you while you were working in education, not necessarily dreaming of a marketing role, to convincing me that you were earning, you were at the cap of your earning potential. Mm-hmm. You were convincing me when I was like, hey, is there more? And you were like, no, I mm-hmm. need to work harder. I need Super to defensive. earn it. Very defensive. And now I think you're just scratching the surface mm-hmm. of, high six figures as your base foundation for rep, your your income in a corporate role. And I love what women are doing right now in tech. So like briefly just take me on that journey. Yeah. I mean, it goes so much further back than three years ago. Um, You know, of course, like I pride myself in being a Latina and a woman of color. And you know, that comes with a lot of just 
for me personally and a lot of people in our culture of just like that limited mindset, right? Mm. Of just working hard and being humble. Mm. Um, you know, my family, you know, originated in Puerto Rico where, you know, abundance wasn't really the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, neither one of my grandparents went past the age of fifth grade. Right. So I was the first person in my family to go to college. I'm a first generation Latina. And so I graduated and yes, it was a big milestone, but I came out with like, okay, well now what? Right. Because no one in my family had gotten to the milestone that I had gotten to. Nobody gave you the roadmap. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I graduated in 2011. We were in a recession at that time. And I had no one, no one would hire me for a marketing role. I could maybe get an unpaid. So your education was marketing. Yes. Got I got my undergraduate degree in marketing, got out, no marketing jobs. Where's all the $40,000, $50,000 jobs you guys talked about? <laughs> so, you know, it, it was really defeating. So I entered education. And mm -hmm. so I met you when I was in an education role. Because that's what everyone does. They go back to school when there's a recession. <laughs> because if I can't get a job, I'm going to go get money to go back to school. Right. And I got my MBA. Yep. And I was like, I can work at this school and get my MBA paid for. So I... You know, financially, I was still strategic in that way. I was still financially savvy, mm -hmm. but I was just surviving at that point. And We've so, <laughs> and so when I met you, it was through Lady Boss Mastermind, which is now Innovative Income. Yes. Um, and that I think was like my starting point, my starting point to really like breaking through these limited kind of barriers. Mm. And over the next three years, I really just committed to my craft. Um, you know, when I first came to you, I, I had a lot of projects. And so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was working on the board for St. Jude's. I was an alumni advisor. I was doing all of the things because to me, doing things equated to success and worth. And so I wasn't hitting my dollar amount. And you preach on, on this a lot of you, you have to get good at one thing. You have to really like master that one lane. And so over the next three years, um, fortunately, I was able to, you know, enter the marketing realm, get a really great mentor under my director of marketing who really had to have the conversation with me of, hey, you're one foot in and one foot out and you're never going to get to where you want to go being one foot out. So you had, you were too all over the place for them. Yes. Got it. We have an expectation for you. How do you intend to meet it being in all these different places? Right. Got it. And so I think that, so it, it was a combination of really going all in, 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 in my zone of genius of what you love to call it mm -hmm. and really kind of mastering that and then using other resources and just healing those like generational curses healing those limitation beliefs, getting a therapist. Oh my God. You know, like therapy oh, but, is so oh, but, oh, taboo. It's so taboo, but wait, so you mean to tell me that you got a therapist and then your money changed, but you didn't go to therapy for your money, so make it make sense. Oh, but it's all tied together. Yes. The irony. So <laughs> my spiritual journey and my career journey really kind of like married. took married in this one streamline approach. And over the next three years, as I went to therapists, as I went to church, as I went to see hypnosis and started working on those things, 
I also increased my salary by almost 200%. Do you guys hear this? The six-figure jump. Do you hear this? As we like to call it. (laughs) No, but this is so key because I will never forget. I don't even know what you and I were doing, but I was sitting on this couch Not this one, but it was this gray couch. And you literally were, we were having a conversation and for some reason you were sitting on the floor and I was sitting on the couch and we were having a conversation about income. Mm -hmm. And I remember you just kept, it was like you were fighting me. You were like, no, that's that's pretty, I'm at my cap. They're talking about a salary increase, but it's this number. And I, I don't know what I was saying to you. And then you were just like adamant about defending it. And I was like, wait, do you own this company? Do you like, do you, what? You don't think you deserve more? You don't think if you went somewhere else, like, and you were like, I've only been in marketing for like three years. I have a degree in it, but I've only worked the actual experience for this many years. I'm not there yet. Well, you want to know the mistake that I made that other people make. What? Is I allowed Glassdoor to indicate what my salary worth should be. No offense, this is my show, so. And so one, I well, I really depended on the company, right? To because I could only really accept what they gave me. And then I went on Glassdoor to double check the company and they were in par. Oh, so they they were the majority. So now you're cutting me a very even deal. Thank you. Got it. Okay. Right. So based on the average salaried income for my role, this is about correct. Thank you. Mm -hmm. In the state of Florida. So now I got what I deserve. Right. And and that was because I had no other way of thinking. I had to stand on that. Correct. And I had to defend Absolutely. how much I was making because deep down I actually felt less worthy than all of my friends who were making more. Yes, yes. So how do I validate myself in a room full of six-figure women when <sighs> I'm making half the amount? Yeah. Which is what many women do. Absolutely. Because every woman wants to validate her worth through performance-based value Mm -hmm. which is so crazy because i've spent a lot of these episodes discussing with other women getting back to femininity and those two don't pair well together that we are out here oh my god the conversation we had last night remember (laughs) that was like when did we get lost in like in dating where we're like trying to show a man like i make this much money i do this i do that like you should be amazed. <laughs> yeah. like, look at me. Look at me. Look at glass doors. <laughs> and look at me. Look at I'm the 1%. <laughs> like the men say, I'm the 1%. Only 8% of men make over six figures. I'm the 1%. And we're like, but I'm the 1%. And I and, and just like in marketing and in it's you know what's really funny? I always think marketing and dating are comparable. Like I think they're very comparable, mm, yes. but it, in, in marketing and dating, men and women should never be doing things the same. I think the way that men market is not the way that women should market. No. And I think the way we should not have the same expectations for dating either. And it's like, so mm. you, you were defending that cause that was what you knew, yeah. you know? And so my favorite part about this six figure jump was one, it was less than how long? It was like it a was year. Un- under a year. Oh yes. Under a year. Like within a six month spread. I had two promotions and then a new job offer. Two promotions and a new job offer. And then when you, I don't remember which way it went, but it was like you got the new job offer and then your previous company tried to keep you, but they couldn't offer you enough. Or they gave you, they tried to promote you and then you got a new job offer. Mm -hmm. And you almost took that job. Yes. And then you were like, ha, this is funny. Keep that. Yes. (laughs) I'm going over here. Yes. 
Yes. And that's the entry base. Your six-figure jump is the entry-based yes. salary for mm -hmm. your current role at your big, at the big tech company. Yes. Oh my god. Okay, in less than six months. And so my favorite part about this is that in our in our performance, our need-based performance love, we have to go add things. We have to go. We need to learn more. I need to get certified again. I need mm -hmm. to have you know, testimonials or a portfolio, or I need to have experience, or I need to mm -hmm. show prove, provide proof that I can grow something or blah, blah, blah. You didn't have to add a whole lot of value to what you offered. Yes. Yeah, so to be provided a six figure increase, nothing, something changed, but it wasn't your, you didn't add a whole lot to your performance. No, I just believed I could make more. And, <laughs> and it really, again, three, three years, but even when interviewing for this big tech role, I had a discovery interview with um, the then manager of the team who was a woman. And I think she could tell, she could feel my insecurities and my doubts. <sighs> she stops the interview and she says, I want you to know that if I felt like you didn't deserve the interview, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Mm. She said, so moving forward in your next interviews, so she kind of highlighted that she was going to move me, you know, forward. You should be interviewing us just as much and just as intentional as we are interviewing you. It's not a favor. Oh, my God. And that was really the moment I realized oh, they're not looking for me to do anything else. They actually already see the value and what I've already done and what I've already learned within my field of marketing and want me to be part of the team. Those are two very different feelings. So we're switching. So in my, correct me if I'm wrong, but in my view, you're in this interview and I'm not saying you're frantic, but you're, I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. I did look what I did. Here's all of the, here's all the proof that I'm the person for the job. And they're like, hey, there's a woman, a mentor, an mm -hmm. idea saying, hey, we already see that. We know. We're yes. choosing you. But we want to see your drive, your passion, your, you want this and you want it bad. And how bad do you want to know who we are and what we provide? Right. Ask, ask, inquire good questions. So that we can see your interest. Right. Well, I, I had asked my three, right? Like, have three questions at the end of the interview. And I was just like, I'm just so thankful to be here. Yeah. Here are my three here's, little questions. Here's humble me. Yes. Here's humble me. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. You, like, she saw right through that um, and was like, what else? Because if you didn't deserve it, you wouldn't have this interview. So what else? Uh, okay. Why? I'm going to be real simple, stupid here. And this might go deep. Why do we feel, why are we obsessed with pro proving to people above us that we're humble about what we want? Why is that involved anymore? You get what I'm saying? Oh, man. I, the question was, it hit so deep for me because we can, you can almost go from a gender role perspective because women have to be humble. Yes. And grateful. Yes. And polite. Yeah. And a lady. Yes. At all times. Um, but then when you add cultural mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. values and 
and tendencies and just, um, you know, even I, I recently got another raise and my dad was like, be humble, work hard. He was proud of me. But those are one of the first words that he said. Be humble, work hard. This could be ta- that says this could be taken away from you. You know what that really says to me? And I and I'm not saying from a family standpoint, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know your father intimately like that, but it's this could be taken away from you at any time. AKA they could see underneath your veil at some point and realize that you may not be good enough for that role. Like I feel like when people say be humble, it's like overwork yourself, consistently prove yourself because at any point if they lift the veil, and they see that you feel like you're not, you're not, you're not deserving of this. They'll see through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely, I do think that that is the case um, in some cases. But I also like here's another challenge: is whatever is given to you can be taken away because mm-hmm. when you really like dive into communities of color, everything they had. I'm going to give this to you, but I can also take, take it, it away. away. When you look at indigenous. I hold the power. Yep. I'm going to take your land away. When you look at like the African-American community, I'm going to take your rights away. Mm. When you look at, you know, all of these communities, that's it's never actually yours. It's never yours. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is ingrained in us at a very young age of, oh, no, don't get too excited. Don't enjoy this. Because if it's too Don't good to be true, <laughs> it might be too good to be true. Yes. And so, you know, I think that that had, you know, like like we said, I think that, you know, breaking that mentality and being able to say like, fam, I love you, but like, I got you, I, I got this and like, this is how I'm going to move forward. It has shifted their perspective of like, wow, like it can be done and my daughter is doing that. And so it's something that gives me great pride and joy um, to really change that narrative. Do you ever, I feel like this every time I go to a new level, there's certain spaces I don't feel it, certain spaces I do. Do you ever feel like, I hate using this phrase, but like any type of imposter syndrome or any type of like, oh God, this new project, they could find me out. They could find out that I'm incapable of being this level of a marketer. Like I've been playing the role. They've, I've handled it thus far. Oh, this could, this could tear the veil. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So as you know, I'm a marketing manager, mm-hmm. big tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of use the term performance marketer and marketing strategist interchangeably because what I really focus on is end-to-end marketing. Yes. Which and I so, you know, what this might mean for you is that I help establish businesses or in the corporate ro- world, this um, specific brand you know, I help come up with marketing strategies um, that really optimize and concentrate limited resources to increase the the greatest amount of sales volume yep. and also to attain a sustainable con- competitive advantage. Yep. So as opposed to, you know, there's different legs in marketing. And so... Explain, <laughs> explain this on a dummy level because for me, like for marketing, marketing for so long, I don't have a professional marketing plan, strategy, or campaign. Like marketing for me for so long has been referral-based business and marketing on social media. And I think so many business owners right now, especially with this fast crowd, digital age, digital age is like nice Canva posts. Talk about it. Go talk about yes. it. Go T- turn and burn. Like, what is? 
give us this all of these legs of marketing simple right yep so just to kind of tie it all in so we have our different you know i would say legs of marketing and um i told you that i focus on end-to-end -end marketing however there are great strategists and specialists that focus on very different things and so you have you might have a social media specialist you know mm -hmm. you might bring on a, an agency to focus yes. on your social media yes they are really really great at finding your audience and connecting with engaging content you know and mm -hmm. so i'm going to tell you right now i can give you advice but i'm not a social media strategist so then right. you have so then you have paid media specialists so like well what do you do <laughs> So if you can't give me social media advice, what do you do? Right? <laughs> so so then you have your paid media specialists. And so these are the people running like your programmatic, your paid search. You know, these are like geniuses. Most people don't ever even get to this. Yes. Most online businesses don't even ever get to that space. That is where your conversion truly Correct. is. Correct. Yes. Because otherwise your cost per lead is Stupid. Right, because social media is great, and mm -hmm. it and it forms community. Yep. Um, and it and it gives you traffic, but that's still considered, yeah, fairly top of the funnel. Yep. Your paid media strategists, that is where it's at. They are some of the most brightest people you ever work with, and so then you even have insights, and so you have research and insights. These are your analytical people. Mm -hmm. These people don't want to make a post on social media. They're on the back end of your website, pulling numbers and telling a story based off of data. They are telling your marketing story. They're telling your consumer experience, mm. what touch points you touch them, where they converted at, how long did it take them to convert on your website. They are literally giving you the insights to who your audience truly is. So that's a whole another level of genius, right? Mm. And so you have all of these areas um, within marketing just filled with the most brilliant people. And where I come in is, and let's say you, you come to me, mm -hmm. is I look at, so I'm going to look at your entire marketing strategy. I and love this because there's so many pieces to this and I want that to be like crystal clear. Like, I think there's such a disdain on people start a business, it's okay, or it's not making any money and it's like, well, can I just spend some money on ads and then I can make more people see it. What the hell are you doing? No, you are not spending money on any ads for something <laughs> no. that is not selling until you cap out on your existing leads, then and only then, and it's selling well, then and only then do you need to talk to someone in marketing to spend extra money on marketing. Right. So before and I And then even... you're gonna go look at my social media, and then you're gonna go look at my website, and then you're gonna go look at my all my marketing pieces, and like, I can't drive traffic to this, I can't. She's, she's telling you guys my business plan. So, <laughs> so you're gonna come to me with your yes. business. And so I'm gonna say, okay, so I'm gonna look at the marketplace first. So yes. I'm gonna say, Okay, what's your what's your audience? What do you market? What do you what's your service? Mm -hmm. So then I want to know your position in the marketplace, mm. and I'm gonna ask you to say, okay, so who are your competitors? And if you don't know that, which is okay, who are the brands or the companies that most closely align to you? Got it. I'm answering when, these questions in my head right now about this. Right. <laughs> So then we're going to look at your marketing mix, which is like your who, what, when, where. So what you're offering, where you're offering it at, what's like, what's your promotion, what you upsell, the marketing mix. Minimally. Minimal. Sorry, I'm answering this out yes. loud, but this is so good because it's minimal. Because yeah. you think you're 
generating so much business when you're in like burnout or like overload. And then I'm like, oh, but when I talk about your marketing, like I listen to this marketing mix or channels, I'm like, I'm not even most people, the surface. Because most people are only on social media. Correct. Which we'll I'm, talk about later. Yep, I'm only on social media. So then I want to know, okay, money questions. Okay. So I want to know what you're spending, you know, what your budget is, mm -hmm. what you're spending it on, mm -hmm. and then what you're making mm -hmm. um, in terms of sales, how you're paying yourself, yep. things like that. Because I just want to know where is your money flowing. Yep. So from all of those, then I'll pretend that I'm a customer because we are so, here's the thing about business owners and CEOs and some brands, like big brands, they think that, well, I love this. So they're going <laughs> to love it too. My customer should love this. Yes. So they're going to love it too. Oh, I know how to convert on my website. My customer should know how to convert too. Yeah. And so what I'll do is I'll actually go on the customer journey myself. Yeah. And so from the first post or the first ad, you know, I'll go I'm to the website. The I'm following the flow all the way through sales conversion. And then what I'm doing is I'm finding the gaps. Mm. I'm finding the holes. Mm -hmm. So real world example, two days ago, um, one of my mentors, who is a fantastic marketer, by the way, um, she goes to me, you know, I'm running all of these ads on social media. They're amazing. I have no sales. Okay. I already know in my mind where I think the gaps are. I'm going to run through the funnel. Yep. Um, so she, so I say, okay, what's, where's the ad? She's a great marketer. I don't ever think that the ad's a problem. But something is. So when you, when she said sales, where do sales convert? On the checkout page. On the website. Yes. Correct. So it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be targeting the wrong audience. Mm-hmm. Right? Or on the sales page. Or your website. Mm-hmm. Very rarely is it actually the ad's fault. The yeah. ad is doing its job. The ad is getting clicks. But it's Facebook's fault. <laughs> right. Um, so walk through the process. Be When I tell you beautiful ads, the most luxurious ads I have ever seen. I So I, I knew it was the, the target audience or the website. I told her this. Well, I really love the website. I was like, okay, let me be the determining factor of that. Yep. So I go on the website. I, I find a few gaps, which is usually in the copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to know what's oh, yeah. tripping up your customer? Copy. Copy. And the call, call to action. But the call to action is people usually get that part yes. right. It's usually the copy. Yep. So then um, my second gut is, okay, what's the audience like? So I go to the business page because your ads are going to be ran from your business page. Correct. Yep. How many times have I asked you about your Facebook business page? Okay. Five times. <laughs> so I go and it only has 256 likes. Mm -hmm. So now there's no authority. There's no trust. No. So when you are, so when you do ads, they actually launch from the business page. Uh -huh. And because of the new restrictions, the laws that restricts how advertisers can target audience, it's very, very restricted what we can target. So what we do is we depend on lookalike audiences. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we depend on the people who like your page. So we only have 250 people. 
right. generate lookalike ads from. So the algorithm or like the intelligence, you know, the artificial intelligence doesn't have enough data to be able to find more people to buy your product. Right. Now you, you say, okay, I have a seed list. So this means people who have already bought for you, from you. Because you can input those lists yes. into Facebook. I've seen that. Yes. Here's the thing with, like we said, with businesses who are usually coming to me, they don't have a big enough seed list because they're not making the sales that they want. So now you're stuck. So you're investing all this money into advertisement without... That's not, that's not converting to a sale. So you're getting the impression. So I say this because the agency, right? This leg, the social media leg, they're doing their job because they're focused on engagement, which you're getting. Mm. They're focused on clicks, which you're getting. They're focused on, you know, just, you know, great content, which you're getting from a great, you know, graphic designer. But what is, um, is it Tiffany? Mm -hmm. She says, like, you can bring them to the water, but you can't make them drink. Like, it's still on the brand side, it's still on the company's job to create an experience and have a website that's gonna be able to convert that traffic. Correct. And so that is oftentimes, those are the types of gaps. Those mm -hmm. are the types of like, not necessarily problem, but opportunities where I step in and, and I'm just helping the brand or company identify them. Mm. Because I'm, I, I'm not a paid media specialist and I'm not like a graphic designer. All I can do is help you, you know, create solutions to problems. So that was an example and, and kind of tying it back to your question of like imposter syndrome. Yes, because I have to question, am I finding the right problems? Mm. And are my solutions going to work? In an age where marketing is constantly evolving, evolving, it's constantly changing. So while those people in those kind of legs of marketing are constantly staying up to date within their lane, mm -hmm. I have to have at least a well enough understanding of all of the marketing channels so that I understand the baseline strategy mm -hmm. and I'm able to identify it within those channels. This is, okay. This is mind-blowing right now. I hope you guys are catching wind of this because this was deep-level marketing, but it was very, very needed why everyone thinks that the tool, if I just input the tool, the tool should work and I should get the desired outcome. Right. When that, when she's saying marketing from front end to back end, you're talking about the entire playbook. The yes. playbook has to be finished. You have to turn it in and you have to, it has to like, the whole thing, when I turn every page, has to work. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many of these I produce. It won't get me the results that I'm looking for. Absolutely. And then, so then here's what everybody did. I'm telling it backwards, but then everyone said, okay, well, I'm going to skip the ads part, which is what I do. And I'm going to do organic marketing mm, on this is so Instagram. Good. But now everyone's like, we all thought we were geniuses for generating this and, and engaging audience organically so that I get to skip putting in money to have to see money. So my cost per lead, so we think, is zero. Great. Not if you put a dollar amount to your time here nor there. But so my cost per lead is zero technically. So I don't, I don't spend advertising dollars. I organically pour into my social media audience. However, now what happens when everyone is saying, 
well, Instagram's not working. The algorithm is messed up. I'm not getting all the attention and the engagement that I used to get. So now when I promote my products, I feel like Instagram, the algorithm knows that I'm promoting my products and services. So like it's making people not see me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ghosting Instagram's me. fault. It's <laughs> ghosting me. I'm shadow banned. Now I can't run my business. What about that? So that's actually really great. And I actually love and admire content creators. Like when I see content creators, I was like, I'm like, that's dope. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a few ways I feel like I can answer this. And so the first things first, just so that, you know, if you're listening, I think like this is something you can get out of it is you have to meet your audience wherever they are. And I think that that's Mm. also where people make a mistake and the frustration comes because you are so set on thinking that your audience is on Instagram and, and they're actually on YouTube watching videos of how to buy this. (laughs) So while you were complaining about Instagram reels, your audience is on YouTube. Learning how to do this for free. Right. And buying, what, it, buying it from someone else. Right. And, and having subscriptions to people who are making, I think, young NBA. And, <laughs> and he's a rapper. He makes $17 million a year off of his YouTube channel. He knows where his audience is. Yes. Very much so. If you are making $0 from Instagram, that is not where your audience is. So first gem is know where your audience is and meet them where they are. Mm. Second, once you've figured that out, is you have to be able to adapt to change. Instagram is a free app. Facebook is a free app. TikTok is a free app. List goes on. And so, you know, these social media platforms really don't owe you more than what they've already provided because... Y'all didn't hear what she (laughs) said. What she said was Instagram don't owe you shit. It doesn't owe you anything. They don't owe you... They've already given us a free platform to run free on, roam free on, and find strangers at our leisure. Not only to make money from strangers, but now to make money through brand opportunities and through engagement and through views. So there's multiple ways to now make money from a free app that does not require a credit card from you. Correct. So, you know, in terms of that, I think it's also important to kind of, I, I don't want to kind of assume that no one knows this, but sometimes it's really kind of good to like pull back and like know the basics of yes. what every platform serves. Like, for example, Facebook is for community. And mm-hmm. I tell you and Megan this all the time. Yes. Like where your community is and where you should be forming and curating community is Facebook, not Instagram. You can't commune on Instagram. You commune on Facebook. Facebook allows the opportunity of your... It doesn't exist on Instagram. Right. Unless we in the comments chit-chatting. That's it. Right. There's no, like, wall. Right, exactly. And so Instagram is for inspiration. Mm. And I know you know this because you inspire a lot of people from your content. They're always talking about you in terms of you inspire me. Mm. So what could you do with that? I I inspire you, find more of where that came from in my Facebook community page. Mm. My stranded Facebook community page. 
We're now y'all not catching this game right now. We're now <laughs> all of them are staying up to date on your episodes. Hey y'all, don't forget, Jess just dropped an episode. It was so good. Today she talked about XX and X. Oh my gosh, I watched that episode too. This is what really hit home for me. So now Now these people have no way to talk. Right. <laughs> so now your Facebook community, your stranded face community on Facebook is running itself. Mm -hmm. you're not replying to every message mm -hmm. because what they're doing is they're commenting on this amazing episode and they're feeding into each other. other yeah. So that takes and hours now, off of you on hours Instagram. Hours off of me and I'm taking, because when I'm speaking on this show, I'm, I've got a, a multitude of people, but it's really one woman. I see one mm -hmm. woman when I speak to her. Now I, I put you in a community and now you get to meet a bunch of you. Right. You get to meet a whole bunch of women just like you. You get to commune off the fact that you all are inspired by this content mm -hmm. and you want better and more for yourself. You want to be out of a, you want to find like-minded people. I literally right. create the space via Facebook. And I'm saying that I haven't done it yet. However, that is an amazing idea. Yes. Touche. So, you know, and so every platform you know youtube is for um or i should say twitter is for dropping news like you have an update needs to go on twitter because that's for news related items you dropping tickets for innovative income 2023 here's the link that's newsworthy tweets so all of these platforms are intentionally built for a specific kind of messaging where I think people or content creators, beginner content creators might go wrong is they try to make one platform, one app, let's say Instagram, meet all of these needs. It should be my news channel. It should be my community. It should be my inspiration. And then that's what you talk about like when it comes to burnout and just the frustration of the audience. If you were using every channel intentionally how it was created, you wouldn't be mad if you were shadow banned for a couple hours. Uh, not saying it's not frustrated. I feel is. you. I feel you, girl. But this is so beautiful. But your business is too important to rely on one app. And I've always been taught like what you're saying, but in a different way of like, get them off the platform as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. So get them off and in a, in a, in a, Easier way to communicate with them. Get them yeah. off the platform as soon as you can, whether that's via email, the text community, Facebook. Instagram like, is to inspire. You inspired, that's yep. it. You don't have to keep communicating with them for days, for hours. It's here's how you can better connect with me. Mm. Listen, and it's all about the art of the pivot. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm starting to, I remember a year ago when like Instagram would really frustrate me and now I'm starting to realize like, nope, because Instagram's literally paying us to pivot right now, if you guys are not clear on that. They're like, please, let me push you towards reels. If you just try, we mm -hmm. will pay you. Like, right. <laughs> the first time I got paid from a reel, I was like, skirt, what? I, yeah. I got $300 to do what? Like, one reel? They're literally paying us to pivot mm -hmm. right now to j further generate their focus. Right. And they're like, we don't want to fool you, but please go in this direction. Mm -hmm. And it's like, marketing should not frustrate you. It should highlight... An, an opportunity for growth. It mm -hmm. should highlight an opportunity. Like, okay, now do I want to be a surviving business owner or do I want to fail in the face of marketing? No. Beautiful. Okay. So now what do I do right. in this time, this ever evolving space to pivot? What does that look like for my business? Right. It's just an opportunity. Yes. And 
the thing about technology, right? We talked about me working for a big tech company is innovation and just staying ahead of the game. And so, you know, for those frustrated, you know, business owners or people who are still in the phase of doing their own content is just find innovative ways to get in front of your customer. First, learn your customer. Mm -hmm. First, learn where they are. First, learn what they like. First, learn how they want to be connected with. Yes. And be creative in connecting with them. It doesn't have to be on Instagram. It so doesn't have to be on Instagram. Hopefully, wow. this kind of eases some people. Um, you know, just kind of getting a better understanding of all those all those uh, channels and how they work together for you. Okay. So, just this is so good that I think we're gonna do a part two. <laughs> Because this alone, from a marketing standpoint, like I don't know if you guys noticed, but what you just, this game you just got, this was like a, this was a four figure strategy call of what you just got. Like I just got a game. I'm like, hmm, okay, I need to go back to the drawing board. There's a few things that I need to change. So, in an ever evolving space, as you create a business, as you get out of like the stuck phase in your business, or, mm -hmm. or maybe you're looking to scale, there are things that you will learn that are not worth your time. Mm -hmm. There are spaces Absolutely. that you're trying to do everything in that are mm -hmm. not worth it. Like there are, I will tell you right now, promoting an event this past year, we burnt ourselves out. We Absolutely. did it all wrong. And just circling back with you and getting feedback, I was like, wow, we tried to do everything in one space and we really screwed that up and wasted everybody's time. Like we, we had a great audience, but we could have done better. Mm -hmm. And we exhausted ourselves trying to do it in one place. Yep. And so the game she just gave you guys, <laughs> which I'm so excited because I know not only are you taking, you know, doing your marketing managing role, but you are also a marketing strategist on the side. And mm -hmm. so um, we're going to circle back with Janice because she is a true gem and have a part two to this episode. So we'll just call this the marketing piece and we'll go deeper on the next part. But tell them where they can find more information about you, where they can learn to work with you because you are really doing some great stuff out here outside of your role and uh, where they can learn more. And I know you have a freebie or something out there coming soon. Yes. So I do 30 minute strategy calls. Uh, you can go to my Instagram, Life with Yai. Um, I also have a Facebook, Janice Burgos. And so there you will find a link where you can book a 30 minute strategy call. I do do quick 10 minute consultations. So mm -hmm. that is absolutely free because I am going to make sure that I can help you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you are. Again, She's serious. I help establish businesses, which means I help businesses that have a website up, um, that have a product to sell and things yeah. of that nature. So um, I'm going to take 10 minutes, um, no cost to you to really kind of understand what your goal is for the call. And then we can do a little bit deeper on 30 minute or even 60 minute strategy calls. And when you walk away with that, after that meeting, what you'll walk away is um, full outline notes of our calls, mm -hmm. what gaps I yeah. was able to find in your business and then what solutions I believe um, would best fit those gaps. And so usually that is enough. Like my clients walk away. I know you've seen some of my testimonials like this was the best like clarity call like yes. because I know what yes. I need to do to fix my problem yes. because it's already an established business. They're just looking to fix or find out, you know, if something is can be done better. Your marketing strategy does not need to be the measuring stick for the success of your business. Right. That's a simple pivot. You're mm -hmm. the creative. So you need to stay the creative. So having an outside perspective or an outside audit is typically all you need to make a small tweak. Right. Exactly. To 
create better conversions. It was a matter of like, I felt stupid deer in the headlights when you were like, why didn't you guys do this? And I was like, it did it. And then you asked me one more question. And I was like, hell, we just didn't do it. Like, I don't know why we didn't do it. We just didn't do it. And it was like, you could have made this so much more simpler, but that's why, because I'm not a marketing strategist. Mm -hmm. I am a creative. I am an inspirer, if that's a word. I love to inspire and empower people. I love to put words to stuff people don't understand. Marketing is just something that comes as a third leg to me. So yes. it's very important for me to use somebody that can audit and have those external eyes as to Sometimes we don't necessarily feel like we're failing because the, the sales are coming in or they're working. That's a good one. However, am I spinning my wheels? Absolutely. Nine times out of 10, if I'm doing it, I'm hustling it the hard way and I'm spinning my wheels. Make it easier with a quick audit with somebody else's eyes is a game changer. Mm -hmm. Game changer. So I really want people to chat with you, have this conversation, yeah. use her resources before she becomes untouchable because... <laughs> I'm just saying, that's, that's my friend. So um, check her out while you can. And yes. I'm insanely proud of you. Thank There's you. so much more we could talk about UTMs, all this data, yes. all these things. So we'll come back for another one, but incredibly proud of you. Proud to call you my friend, watch you, watch your journey and just say I get to be a part of it. It's yeah. a blessing. Thank you for having me. Always. Love you guys. Love you. Love my innovative income fam. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Love y'all. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.